and welcome to this week's episode of Not D&D, brought to you by EM World Live. I'm your host, Jessica, and this week I am flabbergasted to be joined uh, by Chelsea. Chelsea, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Uh, we were also going to have Fleur this week, but unfortunately she couldn't make it, but Chelsea will be here to answer any and all of your questions. Um, if you're watching live, uh, please jump into the chat and join in, uh, ask any questions you have. We'll try to answer them. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast, uh, any links to things we talk about will be in the show notes for you to listen to. Um, so Chelsea, obviously we're going to be here talking about Flabbergasted and congratulations for all the any award nominations you had this year. It was um for many different things like product of the year, best game, best interior art. So, you know, congratulations for all those kind of accolades you have for the game already. Um, but before yeah, we dig into you. talking about the game, you're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Before we dig into talking about the game, I'd love to talk about uh, you a little bit. Um, so what's your your first memory that you have talking about role-playing games or what's the first role-playing game that you remember playing? The first, um, actually the first game I've ever played um, was about like 11, 12 years ago now. Um, I had no idea what tabletop role-playing games were. Okay. Um, and neither did my sister because we actually played the first game together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were very into video games. I mean, we still are, but back mm-hmm. then it was like our life. <laughs> sure. Now we have responsibilities in adulthood and gross things. Yeah. Like that. Sucks. So I can't play 24-7. Uh, and we were very obsessed with the series, Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just wanted to consume everything that was around that had to do with Dragon Age. And mm-hmm. I found this tabletop role-playing game of Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. They had their own uh, game. And I bought it for my sister for her birthday and thought we'd try mm-hmm. it out. I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first game was a disaster. But I know. We, so I, I got it for my sister and I decided to run the first game. Sure. And I didn't do any prep, didn't read, didn't read the book because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know you had to sure. read, you had to prepare a session. Mm-hmm. So there was my sister and two other friends and I just started reading the book in front of them. And that was the first session. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. So I read all the parts, including the parts you shouldn't, you shouldn't say out loud to your players. I just read mm-hmm. everything. Horrible. And then, and then I started to, you know, get learn how how you're supposed to do it and how you're supposed to GM. Mm-hmm. So that was our first game. Um, it was Dragon Age. And then shortly after, like everyone else, we uh, we got into Dungeons and Dragons and we played that for many years. We had some campaigns that lasted for years. And yeah, after a few years of that, we started exploring different games, um, still quite big games. And then it's kind of like within the last four years that we kind of solely play in the in the tabletop role-playing games now mm-hmm. um, that's Fantastic. that's how I got started dragon amazing age. I think you're the first person to say uh dragon age actually for their first game because most people are like oh it was D or something like that so it's nice to hear something that was something a little bit different so that's awesome uh awesome to hear um with uh so like you say you moved on to kind of more kind of indie tabletop rpgs because i think is dragon age is quite is that quite a rules heavy sort of game so not really rules light in the same way flabbergasted is is that would that be fair to say yeah it's it's more definitely more rules heavy than flabbergasted kind of a bit <laughs> more similar to D mm-hmm. um and obviously involves combat mm-hmm. which flabbergasted doesn't doesn't involve um, mm-hmm. So I'd say in the first, you know, I don't know, five years of playing, 
tabletop role-playing games, I assumed that get that tabletop role-playing games had to have combat in some mm-hmm. form or other. Yeah. Um. So it was it was a breath of fresh air to finally start playing games without combat. And yeah. obviously, Flabbergasted is it doesn't have one of those. Um, mm-hmm. Because combat was always my least favorite part of every <laughs> tabletop wow. role-playing game. Okay. And my favorite part was always the in-between moments, like in D and D, if we would end up infiltrating a ball or you know mm-hmm. these these fun or even our shopping montages are always really fun mm-hmm. <laughs> like in between combat yeah uh, like the, the campfire so scene different to yeah. to flabbergasted fantastic well what's uh, what sort of indie games were you playing around this time that kind of inspired flabbergasted like you're saying games that don't have combat in what sort of what sort of games kind of inspired you or made you aware that you were allowed to do that you know um, one of one of our inspirations, even though it's quite um, different uh, in, in, in terms of mechanics and everything like that, mm-hmm. but a few years ago we came across Good Society, the Jane Austen yes. tabletop mm-hmm. role-playing game, and that was very us. We're like, yeah, it, it was such a completely different setting to uh, you know every other tabletop role-playing game that we ever found, um, and. Yeah, I would say that's pretty, that's quite a big inspiration, and we're all, we've always been very into period mm-hmm. games. Um, but really, our big inspiration for this setting came from came from a book series and a TV series, which oh, yeah? we mention as a huge as a huge inspiration for this game, uh, which is the Jason Wooster series by P. Mm-hmm. G. Wodehouse. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's how how we came up with the idea. We mm-hmm. We love the series. We love the idea of having, um, you know, a kind of a bumbling aristocrat and a more uh, serious staff member behind them pulling all the strings. Yeah. And we had the idea, like, we would love to play this as a tabletop role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And, like, with all our ideas, the first thing we do is we look it up, see if it exists. Sure, <laughs> it, yeah. It didn't exist. And we're like, maybe we have something here. So that was the initial spark. Where where did you go from there? So like yeah, like you say, you're inspired by other media, and you're like, I want to walk around in this world and, and play in a, a similar environment. Where where did you take it from there? Uh, so we have we one of the first things that I do when I can't when I have a new concept is I consume every piece of media that has to do with <laughs> this setting. So I don't know. I yeah. watched. So I grew up watching a lot of um madcap british comedies like blackadder faulty towers Mm -hmm. that sort of thing so watched a lot of that um and one of the pretty early on we had the idea for the archetypes of this game Mm -hmm. it kind of uh came pretty early on that actually was um the four archetypes that are in the final book were actually in the first playtest of this game so it hasn't changed which is very strange Everything mm-hmm. else has changed, but that hasn't changed. Oh yeah, that's the one consistency. Okay, yeah. It just it just worked. They're two. They're four very. Um, they're broad enough as archetypes where you can kind of fit in any character you want to create in this in this mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. Um, wait. So what was the question? Oh yeah, how did we develop this game? Yeah, right. where, yeah. where did you go <laughs> with, the, with the a very broad question? In fairness, like I can refine it in a little bit. So <laughs> to start with. If people haven't heard of Flabbergasted, and it's a fantastic title, 
by the way. I, as a British person, love it. I was Thank immediately you. like, amazing. Um, but how do you describe it to people? How do you introduce the game to people that haven't heard of it before? So Flabbergasted is a narrative-driven and comedic tabletop role-playing game. Mm -hmm. It's rules light, so it's, it's great for people who are new to the hobby and also seasoned players as well. Mm -hmm. It is inspi inspired by the 1920s and includes four archetypes that you can play in this game, which are the aristocrat, the staff, a well-to-do, mm -hmm. and the bohemian. And together you go through lots of hijinks and misadventures and, and adventures like that. And you mm -hmm. also create a social club together, which is a reason for you all to, to band together. Mm -hmm. um, and the social club, when we were developing the game, the social mm -hmm. club came a bit later and that was like the, the final thing we needed to finish the game. Mm -hmm. um, a reason for everyone to band together and also yeah. something that everyone can work towards and develop because in, in our game there is a social club sheet and you can all upgrade mm -hmm. your social club and that was something that um, we realized people really love is having mm -hmm. kind of like in video games when you have your home base and you get to develop and develop yeah. your home base stuff like that that was a similar concept um, so yeah, very improv heavy, very comedic, and with our mechanics, we want to keep them very light, mm -hmm. but provide mechanics that will help people impro improv, mm -hmm. right? So if you're, if you're scared of comedy and you're scared of improv, our mechanics should help you out. Perfect. I mean, well, let's let's dig into those mechanics and talk about it. So like you say, the setting, one thing I really loved about it, though, was that it is very 1920s inspired. And you can see from all the artwork I'm sharing on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, the links in the website will take you, you through to the art so you can have a look. Um, but you mentioned it's kind of an alternate setting of 1920s. So it doesn't have to be historically accurate. So you can include or exclude whatever themes you want to play, whatever kind of characters. You, you wanted to play with that, um, which I thought was really, really fun. So I wanted to just just shout that out to the setting. And obviously people are playing with social class and things like that. So mechanically, why don't we start with talking about, well, should we start with the home base? Because at the beginning of the game, you'd sit down and choose your characters and you'd build your home mm -hmm. base together. So let's, as you were talking about that, your social club or your, your home base as the video game term would be, yeah. how do you make a social club? What's, what's involved in that and, and what does it do mechanically in the game? Uh, so, Social Club is mostly there for um, for flavor and for narrative. So, once you've all created your characters, you will come come together and figure out a reason for for you all to be in a social club together. So, you're gonna come up with the theme, which can be as broad as 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 you like. You know, this isn't we're we've created an alternate version of the 1920s right so it's mm -hmm. not historically accurate you don't have to come yeah. up with a social club where you're middle-aged white men and you know drinking sure. yeah. whiskey do mm -hmm. whatever you want we've had we've had occult clubs private investigative clubs tea clubs mm -hmm. whatever you want um mm -hmm. you also create um you pick the location for your club so it can be one of the characters um, house or, or a library, anything that you want within the city that we've created in our game, which is called Peccadillo. Um, then there's other flavor, flavor like the description of your club. Um, you also need to pick a rival club, which okay. is going to um, inform um, the director, which is our, our uh, word for a game master. It's going to inform the director 
of for ideas for episodes throughout the season mm-hmm. so that's yeah. rival club is someone that you that you guys really hate and despise maybe they're the sure. antithesis of your club or mm-hmm. you just you just don't like them sure. um other let's see other flavor there's there's a slogan there's also um member roles so you each decide who is the president the vice president the treasurer the treasurer is actually the person who um, keeps track of the social club sheet so there's mm-hmm. a bit of a role there okay um there is the big trouble which is something that your club is facing you know as soon as you've started there is something that is going to bring you down and a huge problem um right. again that is something you're going to mm-hmm. uh you're going to role play throughout your season mm-hmm. uh, your season refers to the campaign yeah and then there's a section for public challenges and public challenges are challenges that either you or your rival club issue to each other and they're tasks sort of challenges that basically show who is the better club like your rival club might say who can recruit this this high profile individual the 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 first um Mm -hmm. is the better club sort of thing okay uh so Mostly what the social club sheet is there for is to help Mm -hmm. the director come up with episode ideas for your season. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to collaborate and tell your director what you want as well. You're like, I want this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff in the game. So yeah, fab. And that's, I think, something that's quite unique in Flabbergasted is that your season is informed by your character sheets and your social club sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the game, we provide um, ideas for for a season structure where one mm-hmm. episode might be about a character's dilemma, the next mm-hmm. one might be about another character's dilemma, and then the one mm-hmm. after might be about the big the social club's big trouble, mm-hmm. and then a public challenge. You know, there are lots of episodes that you can do, and then an overarching um, sort of story throughout your season might be solving the big trouble. Right? That's mm-hmm. that's something that's going to take some time to figure out. Um, there are some other things on the sheet as well. Like there is mm-hmm. uh, renown, how renowned your club is. Mm-hmm. If you do lots of, you know, if um, if you don't, uh, if you do lots of scandalous things for your club, you mm-hmm. might go down in renown, up in renown. And when you go up, you get new members. When you get new members, you can unlock new rooms for your club, which is in the second second uh, sheet on the back. Mm-hmm. And that is mostly it's a lot of fun to just add new rooms to your club and kind of, like we said earlier, everyone enjoys upgrading your home base and adding new rooms and things like that. And that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. But there's also some some uh, mechanical um, additions to those rooms as well. Some rooms unlock more, more character traits and things like that. I won't go into too much detail, but sure. I hope yeah. I explained that well No, yeah that's perfect sense I love how um it this game when I was reading through really felt like a collaborative storytelling game and like right from the beginning as you were pointing out the social club does that because it it flags ideas for for episodes and troubles and lets the players really say hey this is the kind of story we want to tell this is the sort of dramas we want to be involved in so it, it feels really collaborative and really really nice for a first time game master to run as a director because it's kind of plotted out for you in a really nice way and mm-hmm. you mentioned how the character sheets do that as well um so mm-hmm. obviously there's there's a few things on the character sheet there but if we could kind of go over the main 
broad strokes about characters. You've already mentioned your protagonists uh, have different mm-hmm. archetypes. So you'd pick an archetype that you have. Um, but there's there's lots of things like the status. And I think Lucky Coin's really fun if you could share that as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. a few other things on the character sheet would be great. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier the four archetypes. So maybe I can go into what those are. Um, sure. So there are four archetypes that you can choose from. The aristocrat is kind of your, you know, your duke, your duchess, count, countess, you know, very... They have, a t- they have a title. Then mm-hmm. you have a, a staff member. So it could be this a staff member of the aristocrat, mm-hmm. um, maybe someone in their household. Um, can be anything from a lady's maid to a gardener, chauffeur, whatever you'd like. Mm-hmm. Then there's the well-to-do, which is the professional, like a doctor, architect, anything like that. And lastly, you have the bohemian, who are your sensitive artists, right? So poets, mm-hmm. uh you know, poet, whatever you want, dancer, painter, things like that. Mm-hmm. And you pick one of the archetypes and on your character sheet, there's a lot of, um, you know, usual things of uh, things like your relationship, age, stuff like that. Every mm-hmm. character also has a flaw, which is we like our characters to be flawed in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the you know, background, everyone has a dilemma. So again, another issue that you're facing, maybe, I don't know, you have a jilted lover who's trying to come, trying to get back at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then there are a few mechanical things that are unique to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, firstly, this is going to be quite, um, quite normal for people. There are character traits. So certain mm-hmm. roles require, require you to roll for a character trait. And this is just a regular... Um, dice pool system where a five and a six is a success mm-hmm. and the more points you have within a character trait the, the, the more d6s that you roll mm-hmm. then we have a pretty unique um, mechanic which is the core of this game uh, which are the scene cues every mm-hmm. archetype has i believe about 15 scene cues unique scene cues and these are narrative abilities so you can influence a scene to fit the, your scene queue. Um, mm-hmm. They don't require a role, you just use up one of your uses of your scene queue and you do it. Like for example, the aristocrat has a scene queue called, don't you know who I am? <laughs> uh, where yeah. you can you know, name drop to change a scene to kind of uh, influence it to go your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very fun. And this is kind of the core mechanic that allows people to if if they're not if they're not confident in improv, they can mm-hmm. use the scene cues to inspire them to role play. Mm-hmm. That's what's really fun about them. Most scene cues you can kind of find ways to fit them into a scene. They're yeah. they're open enough where you can do that. Uh, another small mechanic that you mentioned, the lucky coin, mm-hmm. that is there to to um, encourage role play and improv. So. As a director, if one of the protagonists is just role-playing phenomenally, or maybe they're just hilarious and they said something mm-hmm. really witty, you can give them a lucky coin. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lucky coin can be used throughout your game. If you've failed a character trait role, you can flip your lucky coin, call heads and tails, and if you called correctly, you succeed that character trait role. So it's just a little extra mechanic that, that promotes <laughs> role-play. 
Yeah, I thought it was really fun when I just saw it on there. I just thought the naming of it and the whole mechanic yeah. of it, it jumped out at me as just a really fun thing. So I wanted to shout it out on there. Um, with the scene cues, how did you um, come up kind of with the idea of them or how did that evolve uh, during playtesting? Scene cues were pretty early on. We had the, mm -hmm. I the idea for it. Um, again, we want to create an improv heavy and comedic game and we we wanted to provide structure for it because it's it can be quite difficult, um, especially for people who are used to games like D and D and aren't used to comedy, especially. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know exactly where it came from. I guess we've played lots of lots of games that had you know abilities or moves, mm -hmm. right? And for example, in playbooks, you might have moves that are usually yeah. quite mechanical. And, and we had this idea of what, in, instead of mechanical, they were narrative, mm -hmm. basically. That's the, the main idea. Um, as to how they developed, I mean, that was many, many, many months to come yeah. up with. And, and immediately, I, I regretted choosing, I think I think it's 15 for every Yeah, I was about to say, because that's a lot so of, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a good amount. Like, I really feel like... Um, there's such a variety and, and I, I, I like that there are 15 for every archetype. There are some syncues that are um, the same in every in every mm -hmm. archetype as well, J a few. Like there's a flirting one that is in every single archetype because oh, yeah. every, arch every archetype can shamelessly flirt to get their, to get their way. Well, of course, it's the course. It's, 1920s. Yeah. It's what the time's about. <laughs> um, you talked a little bit about, you know, people that are perhaps used to playing something like D and D and approaching a narrative game. Um, if you're used to games being evolving around combat, which a lot of role playing games do, and then you come to this game, what can people expect to kind of, you know, have have the game be about? You've mentioned before that mm -hmm. um, there's a kind of a structure where you have the um, the the season is your campaign like the whole kind of campaign each episode you kind of you can structure in a certain way but what would people be doing in these episodes if if not doing a combat because that's usually most mm -hmm. role-playing games is you do some little fights and fight the big bad but that's going to be a bit different here yeah so so i've mentioned this earlier but essentially you're going to be mm -hmm. doing like wacky hijinks in short mm -hmm. but for example um I don't know. We've had I've had a one shot where it was mm -hmm. where we had like a cross country race, but then uh -huh. on the way things things went wrong, and then they ended up going in a hot air balloon, and then they end up attending a party at some point, and mm -hmm. it's just anything that you guys the players can come up with mm -hmm. can happen. Like there's no there's no limits really. Um, but the how it's the scene cues will definitely give you ideas on how to how to move the story forward. Mm -hmm. um, the director is obviously going to be there to direct everyone forward. And a concept that, that we uh, mentioned on the, in the game, it's an, it's an improv concept, which is the idea mm -hmm. of failing forward. Mm -hmm. So when you're playing, it's important to, for everyone to remember and it's a, that there's no failing. There, you shouldn't feel bad at any point. There's no failing. If you fail, that's a good thing because mm -hmm. the story will keep going and the director or the or the protagonist can come up with what happens next if you fail something mm -hmm. new can happen um the the story will never halt right mm -hmm. if you fail um so yeah players can expect stories um like 
yeah, a lot of public challenges. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Let me let me try and think of some one shots I've had. Yeah, yeah. Recently, I had I had a boat race. I remember that's very recent, and they were all new players. Some who were very used to D and D. Um, but not not everybody. So some were a bit more uh, used to improv. But even the person who who struggled a bit with improv, they found that this game was was easy for them. The sinkus really helped them come up with ideas. Um, and again, if someone gets stuck, mm-hmm. the director can definitely help them instead of leaving it completely up to them. They can give them like a couple of options of what happens next, that sort of thing. But yeah, expect mm-hmm. hijinks. You know, <laughs> think of think of British madcap comedies where things go wild. There's no limit yeah. to what can happen. A big part of that comedy is something I love that you say failing forward. I was going to ask you about it if you didn't bring it up yourself because it's at the beginning of um, uh, near the beginning of the book. It talks about that for players and it's it's really great guidance. And if you look at a lot of classic British comedies, it is, oh, no, something goes wrong. How do we deal with this in a ridiculous way? Comedy mm-hmm. ensues. So you almost want it to go wrong and you're, you're willing it yeah. to, to not go perfectly. Um, so I think that's fantastic advice. You also give a lot of um, advice for the directors, for the person running the game, um, which maybe that's going back to your first Dragon Age experience and, <laughs> and not realizing. <laughs> you were like, I should really oh, give no. them some guidance that I didn't have. Um, so could you talk a little bit about uh, the guidance or, or the things you'd recommend for somebody if, if they're picking up this game to run for their friends for the first time? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that is very beautiful that we have nowadays that I didn't have when I was 18, which is you can watch an actual play to start. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So apart from reading mm-hmm. the book, um, especially if you have no idea what a tabletop playing game is, mm-hmm. I wish that back then I could have just watched an actual play and kind of see what it's mm-hmm. all about, see what the vibe is about. Yeah. Um, but advice for directors is definitely plan out your, your episodes, have kind of a, a few key moments that you want to happen, um, but then leave it to the players. Mm-hmm. So don't plan too much. Have a few um, moments that you want to happen. So for, ex- for example, I had the, that boat race recently, <laughs> that boat race one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few obstacles that I wanted to happen o- along the... The, the the boat race so mm-hmm. there were some rabid uh, ducks at some point i knew i wanted oh. that i knew i wanted um at some point someone tried to the rival club mm-hmm. i knew i wanted them to try and steal dog nap one of the players dogs mm-hmm. obstacles like that i planned but then i left it up to them what they wanted to do with it mm-hmm. um within the book there is a lot of advice for the director one of our chapters mm-hmm is just there for um, ideas for stories. And it's a pretty Mm -hmm. detailed um, chapter. So if you aren't sure how to create your own episode or your own season, we have a couple of pre-made campaigns. You can just use pre-made characters and go. And we've kind of structured every single episode. Um, We also have 70 story hooks in the book, which is Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. we'll never be short of ideas mm-hmm. and story hooks are just kind of a few lines of ideas for they're especially really good for one shots but mm-hmm. even you can you can fit them in throughout a campaign there's a mm-hmm. there's a sandbox setting as well um uh it's called the brabble manor like a country house estate there's npcs outlined and and there's a map 
with, with the house and everything. So there is a lot of tools for the director already in the book. Perfect. Um, yeah. And ideas on how to create your own season as well. Wonderful. And I know another question I sometimes have is because doing a comedy role playing game, if you're looking to run a game, I think sometimes people have a bit of anxiety around, oh, what if I'm not funny enough? So <laughs> what, what guidance do you have for perhaps narrators and players about, you know, creating a comedy campaign and, and how to create that environment if they're feeling a bit nervous of, oh, I, I don't know if I'm funny and can perform in that way? Hmm. Well, uh, firstly, I look, not everyone is going to be um, funny necessarily, but I think everyone can create funny scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, so to start with, the scene cues are going to help you a lot, I mm-hmm. think, to to create uh, funny scenarios. But if you're not sure if you can be funny, I'd say, you know, create a character that you definitely know you can do. Like for me and for a lot of people, what works is creating a character that's very over the top, mm-hmm. right? So we're not, we're not, Flabbergasted is not here to create like small nuanced characters, be over the top. <laughs> like for me, yeah. I don't know why in every single game, I, I'm always an old lady aristocrat. I don't know why, that's what I like to play. That and appeals that's to me what, as well. When I was reading this, I was like, that's how I'm funny. Yes, yeah. Just very Downton Abbey. Um, mm-hmm. Just an old, an old lady aristocrat. So pick something that you know you can be funny with. And if you're not, it's not it's not the end of the world. It won't halt gameplay mm-hmm. because there's gonna be funny um mm-hmm. there's gonna be funny scenarios. Okay. Fantastic. Um yeah. so another kind of question I had as well is talking about uh, oh my gosh, I lost my question. I had it written down and everything. <laughs> So um, if people are interested in the book and uh, after you talked about it, where's the best place for them to kind of find out more or pick up a copy? Yeah, you can go on our website, wanderers-tome.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy our game there. You can learn more about the game. Um, and also over there, you can uh, find all our socials and there, there are more uh, photos and videos there as well. Um, yeah, if you want to learn more, I would also suggest... YouTube, look up actual plays. There are some really good ones. Some really good podcast actual plays as well that people have done. Um, So that's, I think that's what help you kind of get the feel of Flabbergasted. Definitely, for sure. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Flabbergasted. Is there anything else you want to kind of share about the book or talk about like any any points we haven't had the chance to touch upon or some questions that I should have asked you about? Uh, no, your questions were all great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I will say if you if you want to try out Flabbergasted, you, um, I mentioned you can go on our website, but on our website we have a quick start guide. That's okay. going to be really great if you want to just try it out for yourself. Um, it's like a thirty page guide that will kind of get you started to to you can create a one shot with it and 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 see if it works for you and your group. Um, yeah, I I I think. It's 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 very different. It's definitely a unique game and different to. There's nothing out there that's quite like it. So, mm-hmm. and it's really good for new players. Um, great for one shots. I've I've hosted many public one shots, and it takes like oh, yeah. ten minutes to create uh, to explain the rules and create characters. It's very very quick. So if that appeals to you, and if the setting appeals to you, I hope you consider trying it out. Perfect. That's, Sounds great. That's what we'll see. It. 
And links to everything there is in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. And if you're watching live, they are in the chat for you to link through to. Um, so, Chelsea, I do have one final question for you, uh, which Ooh. I ask everybody. And um, it's, do you have any other recommendations for other role-playing games? And the rules are it can't be a game that you've made because we've just been talking about Flabbergasted. And it can't be D&D because we're called yeah. not D&D. So any other <laughs> RPGs that you would like to give a shout out to? Hmm. Um well, this year I picked up and I tried out uh, Brindlewood Bay, which is another game mm -hmm. that was, it was uh, any nominated, I believe it got, it mm -hmm. got, no, any, it won any, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best ebook. Um, that's, that's, that's a really cute game. Um, the, the theme spoke to me. Because <laughs> you get to I've been an old lady. <laughs> yep. And a cozy mystery. And yeah. cozy mysteries. Oh, mm -hmm. oh Yeah. Playing old lady does appeal to me. Uh, I've been <laughs> reading. I've been reading and lots of cozy mysteries recently. And as soon as that came mm -hmm. out, I'm like, yes, bye. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a very rules light uh, game as well. It's very fun. Um, so I'd like to mention that I have another game that I haven't played yet, but it's my it's next on my to buy list. It was another any uh, nominated game. Um, it's called Slug Slug Blaster. I really oh, want to get that next. I don't know about this. What? What? Oh, what's the game about? Uh, let me let me look at what. Wait, actually, let me look it up and read. It's 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 wild. It's a wild game. So Amazing. it's called Slug Blaster Kickflip yeah. over a Quantum Centipede. Fantastic. <laughs> um, it's a tabletop RPG about teenagehood, giant bugs, circuit bent ray guns, and trying to be cool. Okay, that yeah, that does and, sound really good. Yeah, and there's a there's a backer kit campaign coming out very very soon so hopefully that's oh, when i'll pick it up so i just wanted to shout good. out because they were any nominated and yeah i'll, any maybe nominees I'll have to get have them to on to together. talk about that because i immediately even just after hearing that short intro have so many questions so i think i might have to ask them to come on <laughs> I here because i i feel like i could talk about that um but for this week i think we are coming uh to a close on our time so chelsea Thank you so much for coming on and talking about your game and, and sharing it with us. Um, if you have any other games coming in the future, we'd love to have you back on to talk about them as well. Uh, with, oh, thank with you. Fleur as well. Um, but yeah, and if you've been watching, thank you so much for coming along. Uh, and if you're listening, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with Not D&D. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, the creators of Coyote and Crow. Uh, so it's come same time, same place next week. Uh, see you then. Thank you very much all. Bye. <laughs>